1: Brought to you by State Farm. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there.
2: Apple Card is the perfect cashback rewards credit card. You earn up to 3% daily cash on every purchase, every day. That's 3% on your favorite products at Apple, 2% on all other Apple Card with Apple Pay purchases, and 1% on anything you buy with your titanium Apple Card or virtual card number. Visit apple.co slash card calculator to see how much you can earn. Apple Card issued by Goldman Sachs Bank USA, Salt Lake City Branch. Subject to credit approval. Terms apply. Hi,
3: I'm Vanessa Bayer and this is my brother Jonah.
1: We're two siblings who love to talk about our childhood and nostalgia and how it shaped us into the people we are today.
3: Who are kind of geniuses, if I do say so myself. Welcome to
1: How Did We Get Weird. Vanessa, were you okay with reading that? You sounded a little... Well,
3: look what I wrote. I wrote, who are kind of geniuses on this podcast. Why did I write that?
1: (laughs) I don't know. I just (laughs) noticed it.
3: Well, I guess I handled it pretty well. So what I would appreciate is a compliment, Jonah.
1: Okay. Good save there. Good save there. Thank you.
3: I took several years of improv in Chicago. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Jonah, what I wanted to talk about today was we're going to get into a lot of publications with our guest today. And I wanted to talk about, do you remember what magazines we subscribed to as kids growing up?
1: Yeah. I remember we got Rolling Stone for sure. I got Guitar World. And then maybe we got TV Guide at one point. I'm not really sure. Okay.
3: So Rolling Stone was like something that our parents got because it was kind of, I felt it was kind of our mom's like sort of a she's cool she still you know loves music you know i felt like that was a family thing like even when we were really little we got rolling stone that was a family magazine you got guitar world i got a little something called teen magazine and the way that it was spelled and i'm curious if our guest once we introduce her or whenever wants to weigh in if she the way that it was spelled was apostrophe t e e n all in caps And there were like three really popular teen magazines when we were kids. One was Teen Magazine, one was Seventeen, and one was YM. And I feel like Teen Magazine was probably the least cool. And one of the reasons I think they were the least cool is because they were sort of the most cheesy. And they had this thing called like the model contest every year where they would have people who subscribe to the magazine send in like their stats and photos of themselves and they could be the next teen model. And wouldn't you believe that this is the way... I think the two people of note that got discovered this way were Tiffany Amber Thiessen and Denise Richards. I think they both had their start winning the yearly teen magazine, like teen modeling contest. But the thing that was sort of messed up about it, which I remember, because I was pretty young. I was not yet a teenager when I got it was like it would say like photos of them and it would say like their heights and their weights and their heights and their weights were so like their weights were so low for how tall they were. And I remember being like, oh, this person's five foot nine and they weigh 110 pounds. This isn't to shame anyone who does have those stats, but I just feel like in retrospect, it was like so messed up. That I was like reading this and being like, okay, so once I grow to full height, I should weigh like just over a hundred pounds. But anyway, that was Teen Magazine. And again, of all of those magazines, I think the one that went out of biz first was Teen Magazine because there was literally almost nothing redeeming about them, where at least like YM had like the embarrassing story, the why me, the embarrassing stories, and Seventeen had like stories about like teens struggling with like things like anorexia, whereas like Teen Magazine was like, oh no, do you want to be a model? You should weigh nothing and we'll promote you. Okay. Oh, Jonah, by the way, this is the other thing I wanted to bring up really quickly. Do you subscribe to any magazines, like paper magazines today?
1: The New Yorker. And I think GQ because I got a free hat. Whoa! And I think we get we get Vogue. We had a couple, but the main one I Whoa, read. Whoa! Wait, Yorker. don't yeah. pass
3: over Vogue. That's very <laughs> chic. Is <laughs> that Vicky's that? pick?
1: Yes. Yes. Okay. Is, do you want to
3: ask me if I get any magazines?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Do, Vanessa, do you get any magazines?
3: Per my friend Alex Fox's suggestion, I just subscribed to Drew Magazine, which is Drew Barrymore's magazine. It only comes out seasonally. I think it only comes out once every three months. And I haven't looked at it yet and I got it about a month ago, but I love having a magazine that I can just... Pour over, and I love Drew Barrymore.
1: All right. Do you want to get into today's guest? We can yes, get her take on this publication. Yeah, okay. And let's see what
3: her magazine history and current story is like. <laughs> Our guest today is a comedian, writer, and actor whose special ice thickeners you may have seen and who's worked on shows such as Search Party and she co-hosts the podcast Baby Geniuses. Please welcome Emily Heller.
4: Hello. Hi, Do I'm you right? think Teen Magazine went out of business because they got sued? Because they were like, hey, Hey, send us bikini pics.
3: Maybe that's really could be what happened. I really do think that could be what happened. But isn't it crazy that Tiffany Amber Thiessen, I could be wrong, someone could correct me, but and Denise Richards got their start by doing that.
4: Maybe they also got sued because they were saying that and that wasn't true. That's right. That's
3: right. There's so many reasons to litigate against Teen Magazine. They couldn't, yeah. they couldn't.
4: Keep it together.
3: <laughs> did you, Emily? Did you get any magazines growing up? I know you. We'll get into you made.
4: Some we'll of get your own. into yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I made some of my own. My mom subscribed me to a magazine called New Moon, which was like a oh. feminist magazine wow. for girls, like tween girls, basically. Wow. In lieu of letting me subscribe to, like, real magazines.
3: And so what was the content of New Moon? I'm surprised that I've never even... I don't even know that I've heard of New Moon.
4: I feel like unless your mom also went to Lilith Fair, you didn't get (laughs) New Moon magazine. (laughs) It was like, you go to Lilith Fair and they have a table being like, do you have a kid? (laughs) (laughs) I feel like that's probably how people found out about it. It was, I don't know how my mom found out about it, but like... I actually, like, looked this up because I was thinking about it before today. That, like, I looked up some old issues. They had, like, embarrassing stories and stuff like that. They had, like, inspiring articles about, like, young girls and, like, who are activists and doing cool things. Right. But— My favorite section was always how aggravating, which was dedicated to people writing in letters about like people in their life who had been sexist. Wow. Okay. Okay. And so it sounds like... Which I think really just defined my personality for the rest of my life. (laughs) (laughs) Just absolutely. I was like, if I complain about this stuff... I will get in a magazine.
3: (laughs) I love that. Now, it sounds like the other magazine that I left out of this conversation was Sassy. It sounds like a little bit, Uh, Sassy was a little bit closer to what I think you're describing, but maybe not quite to the Lilith Fair level of it. And I just wanted to mention that. But do you remember ever writing into that column of New Moon?
4: I don't think I ever, I probably did. I definitely like tried to Get like the cover was always drawn by like Whoa. a reader as well, and I tried to get on the cover and didn't like. Most you, of the so time. you would
3: send in drawings, I send that in a you drawing.
4: Made. Yeah, for like the Do you cover remember of- what it was of? <laughs> yes. And I remember being like, I cannot believe they said no to this. <laughs> and it was like, because the covers were always very like, it's very like hippy dippy and like female empowerment. And I don't know, but like a lot of colored pencils and stuff. And I had drawn like a fashion show where there were a bunch of models wearing like cultural garb from different, uh-huh. Like uh-huh. cultures, like there was, like, I definitely like drew like a kimono in there, but I also like race swapped all of the models. Like, I did the America's Next Top Model thing without knowing that, they, like, the thing that they <laughs> everyone is like, wow, this was so offensive. I also did that thinking it was like really subversive. They, didn't it. they did not go for it, but I'm sure I also wrote in. I don't know offhand. I mean, I did. Like I mean, well, we don't have to talk about this now, but no, we can talk I think about we it. Let's talk somebody. about it.
1: Something happened on March eleventh, nineteen ninety seven. You <laughs> yeah. penned a letter to the president.
4: Okay, so <laughs> I will say, like, I have the worst memory in the world. I don't remember anything from my childhood for the most part, but my mom kept everything. <laughs> so, like, when my parents moved out of their house when I was in college, we had like me and both of my siblings went home to like help them clean stuff out and my mom had a file cabinet that like every drawer opened like four feet. And there was a drawer for each one of us that just had everything. Like all of our schoolwork, all of our artwork, our correspondence, like everything. And (laughs) it was like the best. I've, I've learned so much about myself from going through her files, the archives. And like 15 years ago, I like, took a bunch of the stuff that I, like, took out of there and I made a zine out of it. But that's the only reason that I know that I did this. But I actually, I decided to go over the head of the editors of New Moon magazine and write directly to the president of the United States of America. (laughs) Okay, okay. okay. (laughs) But it's very clearly, like, you can definitely see the blueprint of, like, New Moon on this, of the how aggravating section, because it is, like so many of the letters were about like people's gym teachers. Like everyone hated their gym teacher. And I was like, I think I hate my gym teacher too. So I wrote a letter to Bill Clinton. Should I read it? I would love for you to read it. I'm not trying. I feel like I'm fishing. I'm not fishing. I really want you to. No, we want to hear it. We want to hear it. So this is, and I just want to say, okay, so I feel like I've laid the groundwork here of like Obviously, I thought that I would get something good at. Like, I thought that there was some social currency in like complaining about this stuff, and also just as a backstory. I mean, you'll you'll get it, but I want you to know that I know that this is ridiculous. Obviously, I don't stand by this, but okay, March eleventh, nineteen ninety-seven. Wait, and how old were you? I'm eleven. Okay. Eleven. Yeah, this was I'm in sixth grade at this point. Okay. Okay. Perfect. That's all you need. Okay. To And so I don't actually know if I sent this or not because my mom still had it, but maybe
2: maybe she she made a copy of it. Yeah. Yeah.
4: It's typed on a typewriter, which my mom got me at a garage sale, which was a mistake because I clearly used it for manifestos. (laughs) Okay. Dear Mr. President, I've written to you before, but your disappointing response was a form letter. I remember this was three years ago. (laughs) A boy in my class coming to school with a handwritten letter from you and reading it aloud to the class. This made me very disappointed, more so than before, (laughs) because it made me aware that you had read both of our letters and only personally responded to his. That's not what I'm writing to you about, though. I just thought I'd include it as I'm writing to you anyhow. Very passive-aggressive start. (laughs) Also, like, I remember what that was about. It was my classmate DJ had written a letter to the president about how he thought recycling was important. And I had also written a letter to the president being like, I like horses. And I was like, (laughs) I can't believe he got a letter back and I did it. (laughs) Okay. There are many sexist people in my community, especially at my school. (laughs) My P.E. teacher calls himself the exact opposite of sexist, and I think he's probably somewhere in between. He always has us play boys versus girls activities and yells at the girls when we lose. You can't let the boys dominate the game. You have just as much right and ability to win as they do. Why aren't you using it? These are some commonly heard phrases during his class period when such (laughs) activities are played. We cannot help it if the males in our grade are more advanced than us physically. It is the way we were born. (laughs) That was all caps. We try to excel in sports as much as... Also, can I just say, like, I don't think that's very sexist. (laughs) Like, I think it's weird that he had us playboys versus girls, but he doesn't sound like a raging misogynist here. (laughs) We try to excel in sports as much as we can, but he keeps pushing us. I know there are no specific laws that can be made against these kinds of things, so I'm probably wasting my time telling you about my everyday concerns. Oh, well. (laughs) There is one person in my class who is extremely athletic and lets it go to his head. It seems like he thinks he's the only one on his team. One day we just got fed up with being treated unequally, so we quit the game. Now that I think about it, I realize it was quite like when the African Americans boycotted the buses for being forced to sit in the back. If you put it like that, it sort of gives you an idea on how well it's going to turn out. Well, those were just a few of the things in my life I'd (laughs) like you to think about, not that you have the time to. (laughs) So, okay, a couple things. I compared myself to Rosa Parks <laughs> Well, it should be pointed out writing to the president of the United <laughs> States trying to get my gym teacher, who was a black man, fired. <laughs> like the most Karen thing you can possibly do in the entire world. <laughs> but... I did find I also got a form letter back from Bill Clinton. But I will say, okay, so... Wow. Second one. Yeah. Um, the follow-up to that, the, like, epilogue to that letter... Okay. ...is that I recently found out that my gym teacher, who I was writing that letter about, is Zendaya's dad. Oh, my God. <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah what i know (laughs) i didn't know how to cue that up but uh i was wait where are you from i'm from the bay area and like he was the gym teacher at my elementary school in oakland zendaya was like nine months old oh he had bigger problems to deal with he had a little baby at home but yeah, because I was like, you know, looking up, I was like, I wonder who Zendaya's parents are, because that's how I spend my time now. <laughs> that's very then. similar to how we spend our time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just jumped to the early life section of everyone's Wikipedia page. By the way, I'm and shocked
3: that this hadn't circulated amongst your... I know.
4: I feel like I broke the—it was one of those things where, like, when I found out, I was just, like, texting around everyone from elementary school, and people had two reactions, which was either, like, oh, my God, or, like, yeah, I know. (laughs) And I was like, why didn't you tell me? To the people who knew already, I would be so pissed at them. Yeah. Like, you don't think I'm deeply interested in this information? Anyway, I'm gonna have a great icebreaker if I ever meet her. <laughs> <It's> like <laughs> I once wrote to the president to try to get your dad fired <laughs> from, from my middle
1: school. I'm like I'm curious, like what I mean, this seriously, like what did you think the role was of the president at this point? Like, because it almost feels like kind of like a therapist type role. Or like you said, there is this really passive aggressive tone, like it's a friend that betrayed yeah. you. Or what like, did you he kind owes of owes me something? Yeah.
4: yeah. I just kind of thought, I think at the time. I sort of had this, like, obviously I had an idea of myself as like an activist, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, sort of like a, a, you know, someone who really like cared a lot about justice and really like fought for it. Mm-hmm. And I think what I wanted, I knew that the president had other things to do. I didn't know what they were exactly, but I did think that he w- could validate me yeah, uh. as like an important I think what I imagined was like going back to class with the letter to show up DJ who had gotten his letter three years ago. Because DJ yeah. got to read his letter from the president in class.
3: And are you sure that DJ's letter wasn't a form letter? Like he showed it and...
4: Yes, because there like there was a very specific way that... Because I have the form letter too. I remember because like when DJ read his letter, I was like, that's not what mine said. Mine was very right. impersonal. I have the form letter that he said that Bill Clinton sent out. Okay. Because that was in the file as well. And it's just like a card. Oh, you can't see it. It says, Thank you for writing to me. I enjoy hearing from young people because you are the future of our country. I am honored to be your president, Bill Clinton. Oh,
3: nothing. That's
4: what I had gotten. Yeah. I and mean, DJs was like, You're right. Recycling is important. Oh, it's
3: also funny because I would think at that age that. The president can do whatever they want. So it's like what I thought you were going to say is like the president could call your school and be like, fire him (laughs) because he's technically in charge, like almost as though he's a king. Right. He rules.
4: Yeah. I I think I maybe didn't know that teachers could get fired, though. I maybe didn't think that there was like an outcome that could happen. I think what I wanted was for the president to tell me I was right. Yeah. So that I could go back to Mr. Coleman and be
1: like, listen. Yeah, yeah." I think that makes sense. Vanessa, did you ever write any letters to the president?
3: I think I did because I have a sort of like a sense memory of getting a letter back. I think it was probably also to Bill Clinton.
1: I also think
4: there's a good chance that I could have gone to the office to complain about this and they were sick of me going to them to complain about stuff that was (laughs) happening at the school (laughs) and they stopped meeting with me
3: (laughs) the closest thing I think I did to this is and I've talked about this on here before is I think I've written a a letter to the president but also I know that my friend Tracy Schaefer and I when we were little heard that some probably boy in our class had written um, had sent an idea for a video game to Nintendo (laughs) And we heard like Nintendo was like, okay, we'll make this game. (laughs) So we designed a video game called Cool Love Life. And we made like a bunch of drawings of it and like what the different levels would look like. It might have been over like two play dates. Like we like really spent a lot of time on it. And then I remember we wanted to send it and we took this. I had a box collection. We took one of my boxes and we (laughs) we put a bunch, a ton of change in it. Like a ton of like quarters. Like a bribe? And, yeah. Like, <laughs> we, like, maybe if we like give them a little a little bit of money. like the. And I remember mom being like, you can send them your game idea, but you cannot send them money. Like you can't. <laughs> so I think we sent the idea off thinking like, okay, well, I guess we're going to be video game creators. Like this is... Really, quite cool. And again, never.
4: Oh my god!
3: I don't know if Nintendo re- sent back a form letter. What I think happened is we got no response. I don't even know if we ever sent it anywhere. Now, Jonah, I'm curious. I
4: bet they couldn't. They couldn't legally respond because then they'd have to right, give you back right, the money, right? <laughs> right. right. And they wanted to keep it.
3: Jonah, did you ever do something? I know that as an adult, you write brands all the time, either complaining <laughs> or praising their products, so you'll get free stuff. But yeah, I mean, I did kid, just write
1: Alter Eco Chocolate to let them know I love their malt and salt flavor. So I wrote a letter like that. But as a kid, <laughs> I wrote letters to bands, basically asking for free patches and stickers. And they would sometimes write back or like someone in their like inner circle, and they would usually send me free stuff. So it's pretty, but that's easier, I think, than an executive at Nintendo or Bill Clinton to kind of get in touch with.
4: <laughs> right. It's an important lesson to learn is like, yeah. know who will actually write you back.
1: Yes. Yeah. Know who will write you back. And maybe you'll get a couple of stickers. Maybe you'll get a, a free, and as an adult, maybe you'll get a free jar of salad dressing. I mean, you never know.
4: Right. Now, I wonder
3: <laughs> yeah. if now, if you sent letters, if you'd have a better chance because so many people are emailing. Like, I wonder if... You'd have a better chance of getting your letter
4: read than if you sent an email.
1: Yeah. I don't know. I saw a documentary, I think it was with Barack Obama, where they had someone who screens all the mails at the White House and then they like forward him the ones he might be interested in and he would respond to them. Yeah. Like, not, you know, obviously not all of them, but. I think there is a way it can get through those channels. In
4: retrospect, I understand now that Bill Clinton wasn't reading all of them. There was someone else reading them. I also think probably now's a better time to get a letter back from Bill Clinton than when he was in office. (laughs) Yes, (laughs) I think I could probably send it to him now. (laughs) You could resend it. (laughs) And then be like, P.S., I'm an adult now, and it was Zendaya's dad.
3: (laughs) But also, I think you should say, if you ever tell Zendaya this story, like as an icebreaker, you should say the part about how you didn't know that teachers could get fired. So you're sort of rescinding it just, you know, you could use it as a bonding thing of like, I'm sure you had frustrations with your dad growing up. I did too.
4: I feel like gaming out, getting to that part of the conversation is in a really optimistic view of how long she's going to be willing to talk to me about this. (laughs)
3: I'm looking forward to a time that we're all at like a, you know, some kind of an industry party and I and we can make this happen.
4: I mean, like, so I found out about this connection while, like, I was still working at Barry. So, like, when we would go to the HBO Emmy parties, like... She was on Euphoria. Oh, like, she was there. God. I was like, there is a chance. Tonight, I'm going to see Zendaya, and it'll be my opportunity to talk about this. Yes. And it never happened. You know what's
3: kind of similar to that is our cousin Mia, who is a very close friend. She lives here. She lives in Derek Huff's old condo. She bought her condo from <laughs> Derek Huff. And I've seen Julianne Huff at, like, events like that, like the Emmy kind of events... And been like, oh, my God, I, I should tell exactly her. I know exactly what to talk to her about, yeah. <laughs> and it finally did happen at a different event. It finally happened, and I told her. And she was really... It was, like, really satisfying. She was really nice about it. And she was like, I can't believe that. Like, you know, and now I've seen her again since, you know, our cousin and is... she remember? <laughs> yes, and, and I think it, like that condo is sort of nostalgic to her and it, like, represents a certain time and I'm like, now, here's what's going on in the condo now. You know, like... (laughs) And it's really—it's like—it's—it. It, well, I have to yeah. say, does
4: she like? She wants to know what the neighbors are up to.
3: Yeah, it's like the best version of like. Here's what's up with my cousin. Here's where she's, you know, <laughs> what she's doing. This is what she's using this part of the condo. For. Like, I'm maybe exaggerating a little. Like, I don't think I got into it this much with her, but it's like the best version of this. That it's the best yeah. thing I could hope to happen, and she is so nice. I would like to think the same thing will happen with you
4: once you once we make that initial yes. connect.
3: And I, if I can help just with it, just be like,
4: "Hey, I used to hate your dad." <laughs> <Yeah>.
3: <laughs> but all, honestly, any gym teacher, like gym teachers, must be the most hated. Oh yeah, have you? Uh, they're yeah. the most hated teachers. If you like a gym teacher, it's so we liked Mrs. Damiano, I guess, Jonah, and she was more of a coach than a gym teacher, but. Other than, or I liked her. I don't think you probably had her as much. It's pretty, Mr. Apple was okay, but it's like in general, these are real people. In general,
4: yeah, <laughs> you don't like your gym teacher. Names teachers. have not been changed. Yeah, especially if you're like me, who I just absolutely hated Same. physical activity and still do a hundred percent. But I, I also think that I did like him for the most part. I think I was just like. Mostly kind of mad at him because he had this like big movie outing with like a bunch of kids who he wanted to play on the basketball team and I wasn't invited. And I thought, that see, that, that didn't fair.
3: even make it into the letter to build that, that didn't even it. make
4: it into the letter. Look, my relationship with him was really long. Wait, can we back up to the Julianne Huff of yes. it all and just say, I do think that while what you're describing is pretty good, I do think the best-case scenario is she tells you that, like, she left behind some treasure in there. Yeah. And you get to reunite her with it. Like, that's the best-case scenario. Oh, my gosh, you're right. Okay, I'm gonna call Mia and say... Start digging. <laughs> Look around. See, did she carve her initials anywhere in the condo? Right. Is right. there like a thing where they mark their heights on the wall? Well,
3: I'll say this: He really. Her closet in her bedroom is like really nice. It's got like a lot of organizing. You know, it's just it's just laid out very nicely, mm. and that's thanks to Derek Huff.
4: Oh wow! Okay. Well, I really just want you to tell me all about this video game that you designed because it sounds like I would definitely play it.
3: <laughs> oh, Cool Love Life. Yeah. I think you get to different levels and you get different boyfriends. I I don't know. It's like I feel like.
1: Oh, t- Do you think Mom has a copy of of the Cool Love Life stuff in the basement? I feel somewhere? like
3: it was a bunch of loose. P- pieces of computer paper with drawings on
1: them of like a lot (laughs) of hearts and stuff i think that's yeah
4: again i don't yeah there was a video game that my friend had that i i played on cd-rom called mackenzie and company where the point of the game was to get like a cute guy to ask you to the dance and at the beginning of the game you like picked which guy you liked and they had like video like they had actors, like, being the guys. Like, one of them was, like, a cowboy, and one of them wow. was, like, a skater. And, like, you would, like, go through these situations where you would, like, pick what to say when you were, like, flirting with him, and then you had to, like, do all your homework and, like, go to your job after school to make sure you had, like, enough <laughs> money to buy a dress and to make sure that, like, you didn't get grounded and stuff, and at the end, you go to the dance with him. That's incredible. This is sort of reminds me of Girl Talk
3: Loveline. Oh, which exactly is the one where about. there was a cassette that always obviously played things in the same order and you would match couples up and you'd put them in, <laughs> you'd put like their little cards into this machine and then you'd play the cassette. And if the asking out of the person went well, you'd get like a point. And if it didn't, if she like turned him down or he turned her down, you wouldn't get a point. But then if you own the game, (laughs) you would have the order of the cassette memorized and you would know
4: you'd be able to win really easily. (laughs) And while we were doing this, boys were playing video games where they like exploded a dinosaur. (laughs) Could not have been less interested in yeah. Asking us out or any of this stuff. 100%.
3: <laughs> well, on that note, we're going to take a quick commercial break and we'll be right back with Emily Heller.
2: Tired of spills and stains on your sofa? Wash away your worries with Annabay. Annabe, the only sofa that's machine washable inside and out, where designer quality meets budget friendly prices. That's right, sofas from only $639.
0: 2025 QX80 coming this summer.
3: Emily, we're back. Hi. We were talking earlier about some of your, you know, the publications that we subscribed to his kids and we were talking about some of you know the correspondence you did with the president etc and i think i I think one of the publications that really resonated for you it sounds like that really resonated for me was the delia's catalog
4: delia's catalog yeah oh for big time talk about thinking one thing can change your life completely. exactly yes it was just like if i get this garment i will be cool
3: now, obviously, we both got the Delia's catalog growing up. Did you ever get <laughs> stuff? Did you ever order anything from it?
4: Yeah. I mean, it took a lot of like begging Yes, my parents to be able to order anything from there. I definitely got like a bathing suit from there that yes. I outgrew almost immediately. And I think there were other times too when I was like, I, I think I got some like home decor things from there. Like they had those like star lights. Like it was like a nightlight inside like a plastic star. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I really also wanted to paint my room dark dark blue because in their catalog pages that's like what the set was painted and I thought it was really cool and my mom was like we're not painting your room dark blue we can do light blue which is a totally different vibe. Oh
3: it has none it has a totally different effect and just just for our our listeners who aren't familiar with Delia's I don't know how that's possible but I guess if you're (laughs) Maybe if you're Gen Z or I don't know, like how you missed it. But Delia's Inc is a lifestyle brand of apparel and accessories, primarily targeting girls and young women. And it was this catalog that you would get when you were a kid that had the coolest stuff in it. Like it was sort of skatery. I feel like and the yeah. way that they would their font, they would do the thing where they would have some uppercase and some lowercase letters and all the eyes were the dots on eyes were kind of like these
4: little starbursts. Well, the apostrophe in Delias was an asterisk. That's right. It was the apostrophe. Yeah.
6: Yeah. yeah. It was an
4: asterisk. That's Just right. Just like in sync. Right. Yeah. Right. And I remember getting a Delia's catalog when I was like Fourteen, where Hit Me Baby One More Time had just come out and they like had Britney Spears in it and they printed (gasps) the lyrics on the back. my God. That that that
3: must have been when they were really in their prime. That must have been, if they were able to get Britney Spears to do a cameo for the catalog, that's incredible. But it was
4: also like right before the, it was like promo. They didn't know it was going to be that big of a hit yet, I think.
3: Whoa. Wow. It was they were like, really on the pulse of teen culture. I mean, the, yeah. the thing that I remember the most is the postal pants, the pants that were like a postman would wear that had like stripes down <laughs> oh. the side.
4: Yeah. Like a tuxedo pant yeah. with the stripe. Yeah.
3: Those I feel like were really cool. And how interesting history. The company was launched in 1993 by two Yale University graduates.
4: Of course. I mean, Ivy League brains were working on that Ivy (laughs) League brains were... But it was just... Everything was sort of like
3: platform sandals, shorts, and cool halter tops. Like, everything felt like sort of... It's like the Y2K
4: stuff that's really in right now with Gen Z that is like super ridiculous looking.
3: (laughs) But it felt very, like, edgy sort of at the time. It felt sort of like not like um, as like Christy as a lot of teen girl clothing was or something.
4: Yeah. I don't even know if I picked up on that. I've just like always been like a little butch and like just to me, I was just like, that's just the ideal. I don't know. There was like a clear divide at my school and like middle school when like some kids started dressing like cool and my mom still would just only take me to (laughs) Mervyn's and I felt like that was the beginning of the end of me being friends with some people of just like, I wasn't ever going to like be cool enough.
3: Was Mervyn's, we didn't have Mervyn's, was it it like Marshall's or was it like? Yeah,
4: it was like one of those like mall stores where like, yeah.
3: We had that. We were into that. The thing that
4: I remember, Delia's
3: came later. I was like in high school. When I was in middle school, the thing that girls started to wear that was like really impressive was limited to. Limited
4: to. That was the thing. Kids started dressing and wearing limited to.
3: But it was really kind of expensive. And also it was, it was so expensive. There was this one year that everybody had this one bodysuit that laced up the top front. And yeah. I remember being like, this is way too body conscious. Like I would never wear something so tight, but it's like the bodysuit, like everybody had that bodysuit. And some people even wore it. Like I remember Samantha Licker had it in yellow and she had <laughs> yellow denim shorts from Limited Two that she would wear with. Like you could even do sort of like a color blocking. Is that what you call it? Color. Yeah. You know, like where you would just wear. And I remember. Monochrome. A monochrome. That's yeah. the right term. Like Regis
4: Philbin. Where
3: you would
5: do that. On, yes. on Millionaire. But,
3: <laughs> and But I was always like, I'm not, there's no way I would wear this bodysuit. Like I don't, you know, I don't feel. <laughs> yeah
4: my mom would 100% never have let me wear the bodysuit.
3: Yeah. My mom probably would have let me wear it, but I there was no way that I was going to do it. But then it would be also like, you know, you're at limited too and you're getting, you know, a shirt or something. You also have to get a matching, like you have to get a necklace or a pin that's in the shape of like a flower. You, ha- you had to have like a long necklace or a pin. Uh, you know, they they had like a lot of oh, um, yeah. those kind of like metallic pins and stuff like that. Also, I remember once I talked my mom into getting me bell bottoms from Limited mm-hmm. Two. Oh and, my God. Yeah. And I never wore them to school. I was too embarrassed.
4: Okay. I had the opposite issue, which was there was a pair of like black workout pant material bell bottoms with like a red stripe down the side. And I like begged my parents for them for Christmas. And I was like extremely specific about which ones I want. And I don't know how early I started asking for them, but I got them and like I think, you know, the fly was like a lace, you know, like yes, a visible lace. So cool. And I wore them Until they flooded and then kids made fun of me because they were like I outgrew them so fast. And like I had begged my parents to spend all this money on these pants. And it was like the only thing I ever got from Limited Two were these pants that fit me for like two months and then kids made fun of me. And it was just such a betrayal because I was like, I thought these pants were gonna change my life.
3: It's so sad when something gets too small. Or too short. It's such a like... There was also this brand called Tickle Me, but it had a different name, I think, in different regions. Where... Did you have this? And this was cool when we were a little (laughs) bit younger.
1: Vanessa, I don't remember this at all.
3: You okay.
4: have this slightly perverted version of everything where I'm like, <laughs> you had the magazine where they ask the teenagers to send in pictures of themselves okay, to, okay. and their weight to be did judged. Did you have this? I've <laughs> looked it up since and it's under a
3: different name. I swear to God that was what it was called. But <laughs> did you have this brand of clothes? And this would be more second grade, third grade, where it would basically be like a pair of stretch pants. And let's say the stretch pants are like pink with, like, white polka dots, okay? Then there'd Uh be a matching big sweatshirt that would go over the stretch pants and it would have bows on it that were the same Uh pattern as the stretch pants plus, like, rhinestones and maybe, like, other designs. And basically, it was a set and it cost a billion dollars. It was so expensive. (laughs) And it would be, like, having one of these sets (laughs) was so cool. Was the best, Did you have that?
4: Do you know what I'm talking about? I definitely had, like... I remember having conversations with other people in like first grade that it was like (laughs) stretch pants. The coolest thing you can wear is like stretch pants with like a baggy shirt over it. Yeah. And the if the shirt matched. The shirt I remember matching. And I like I definitely had a pair of stretch pants. I don't know if it was by them that had like a bunch of like lipsticks and stuff on it. When I was like way too young to even know what a lipstick really even was. Right. Yeah. And I only remember that because I wore them on the plane when I had a big scab on my knee and it got stuck to them because I didn't have a band-aid on.
3: Well, I remember the first time (laughs) I wore my Outfit that I'm referring to, which I again, I think the brand was tickling me. I wore it to school on my birthday, and while we were playing volleyball in the gym, I got a bloody nose and it got all over this sweatshirt, which was white. But somehow my mom got the stain out. But then the thing that's really heartbreaking is I think that was third or fourth grade, and then I think I've told this story on here before, but fifth grade, I'm wearing it to school. It's started to flood slightly, the pants are sort of short. Yeah. And I remember going up to return my lunch tray in the cafeteria and looking down at what I was wearing and going, what the fuck am I wearing? (laughs) I'm wearing these different color polka dot stretch pants and a sweatshirt with bows all over it. Like... I'm in fucking fifth grade. Like I need to grow the fuck up and I can never wear this again. And I remember being so humiliated and just being like, what in the hell was going through my head this morning when I was like, I'll just wear this outfit and I won't look like an absolute amateur. (laughs) I was, it was like, like I still, like it makes me cringe to think about it because I still remember looking down and being like, Vanessa, what are you doing? These, like, no one, unlike in your situation, Emily, no one was calling me out for the pants being too uh-huh. short and stuff like that. But it's like, you also... You just
1: knew. I you just had to call kn- yourself out. I had to
3: call myself out. And I was like, yeah. as soon as I get home, I'm fucking burning this outfit. Like, I can never <laughs> wear this again. I'm in middle school now. I'm not in elementary school anymore.
4: I'm not... A baby
3: (sighs) Just
1: I was just wearing Going to the military surplus store Wearing camo pants Oh yeah Combat boots Hmm, It was easy Jonah that's
3: funny Because I recall That when you were A little (laughs) younger than that You and your friends Were all wearing Francois Gerbeau (laughs) Uh, Yeah
1: I did have a Gerbeau fade Prior to my You guys
3: got really into (laughs) Brand names Into designer duds Mm. Yeah I had a short (laughs) Short lived designer
1: dud phase That's true
3: you had an outfit that was Guess, that was Guess white denim shorts and like a red silk t-shirt, button down shirt that was like had a pattern on it. And I would wear it all the time once you like grew out of it. And I'd be like, yeah, this used to be my brother's. And people would be like, okay.
4: <laughs> and you're like, that's cool, right? <laughs> I'd be like,
3: Seems like your brother sucks. <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding.
1: <laughs> yeah. I think I, I like got into that because there were like other kids in my school who were very into these design. I was trying to sort of fit in, yeah, and I think this was more like course. sixth grade. And I remember it, like talking to Mom and, the, yeah, wanting these very <laughs> expensive clothes, but not knowing why, but feeling like I needed them to be cool. And then I think, as I got more involved in like punk rock and music and playing and then I just kind of went the opposite way. Thankfully, and probably saved our parents a lot of money. I was
3: gonna say you really made yeah. up for any like extra money, which I doubt that like the gerbo jeans for like little boys are like that expensive, but whatever extra money they had to spend on designer stuff for you when you were like in middle school, they really they really got a deal once you started only wearing stuff that looked like it came out of a sewer. <laughs> <laughs>
4: Uh, I definitely like started getting like <laughs> thrift store t-shirts and stuff once oh, yeah. I like got more into like punk stuff. And it was definitely like, oh, well, I'm never going to afford limited too. So I might as well like yeah. get really into this. And it turned into this thing where it was like, you know, I I really wanted like, you know, ironic t-shirts from like the thrift store and stuff. But that sort of translates to your parents as like, oh, you like stupid crap. I'm going to get you (laughs) just whatever for your gifts now. Like, I'm just, like, not getting what you like about it, about, like, getting things that sort of, like, look vintage but really aren't or just, like, (laughs) things that just say stupid stuff on them that you're just like, but this is horrible. I don't know. It was just, like, but then I, like, couldn't explain it to them without just, like, absolutely, like, spitting loathing in my, you know, like... (laughs) just the cruelest possible reaction to them trying to know and love me.
1: Right, right. Like, yeah, you don't want a brand new shirt from your local gas station. You want an old one with someone else's name on it. Like, how do you explain that?
4: (laughs) Yeah. Well, and I don't want one that says, like, Abercrombie Sports Department or whatever. (laughs) I'm like, I want something that says a
3: real sports department. (laughs) (laughs) Do you remember, also, I just had a flash of this, the sweaters at Abercrombie, like the winter sweaters, cost so much money. I just remember like trying to buy one at the mall and being like, "Oh, this is like $100," which at the time was it still is, but like at the time was so I just remember just an unreasonable being amount like, of money. And then seeing people at the at school who were wearing sweaters that I saw at Abercrombie and being like, what the hell is going on with them? Like they're
4: <laughs> so rich, they, I guess. How can they buy this? I never actually like bought I feel like I maybe bought one thing at Abercrombie and I don't know what it was, but it was like I really just wanted the bag with the hot guys on it and not even because like I necessarily was attracted to them. I just knew that it was cool to carry around the like Abercrombie bag and be like, "Hey, look, I'm horny for this." <laughs> yeah. Like that makes me cool to be like, I'm brazenly sexual by having an Abercrombie bag. Yeah, it
3: was like a really, yeah. yeah, the tote was that you
4: would get. Yeah, I felt like it was like sending a message to guys that like I'm a sexual being, but really it's sending a very like intimidating and... Presumptuous and also just delusional message about like what I think I'm in yeah. for in the dating well, the, world.
3: The other thing that was so crazy was remember, they would hire like hot teen guys to
4: yeah. just
3: talk in the entryway of Abercrombie. And I remember being like, this is actually a deterrent to me because I'm so scared of these guys. <laughs> but like, I don't want to have to like walk through where they're like playing. Yeah hacky sack or whatever. I do not want to be
4: observed by them.
3: Yes, exactly. So I'd be like, oh, God, now I, I genuinely want to see what clothes are in the store. But I have to like interrupt these guys from like their game they're like fake conversation <laughs> yeah. to get
4: into the store and then it's also I'm terrified. Like, <laughs> they had the loudest music and so much cologne it was really like oh an God. obstacle course to get in there and get clothes of just like an obstacle course of various discomforts of oh. just like it sounds bad it smells bad and then it feels awkward and Somehow they made money on that. And then now we're finding out that they were just insanely racist. Just the most racist. Every aspect of it was incredibly racist. I don't oh, know if I you didn't... watched the documentary.
3: I know. Now yeah, I'm going to watch it. it. Yeah. Oh, my God. Okay, I'm going to watch it yeah. like, as soon as wild. we're done recording. I can't wait to see it. Yeah. But that also, like, <laughs> something always seemed
4: a little, I don't know. Yeah. There was a lot that was really off about it. <laughs>
3: The other thing that that made me think of, though, not to change it, was like, remember when you would go to Gap and Gap all of a sudden had their own fragrances and everyone tried to be like, these are cool. Like one is sand, one is ocean, one is sky, and one is like lemons or something. And you'd be like, <laughs> I don't think any of these are very good. And this isn't why I come to Gap. <laughs> I
4: come to Gap because I love swing dancing. That's why I go. <laughs>
3: <laughs> oh wow. I guess we've covered entire nineties fashion for anyone who needs a <laughs> Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. And if anyone's looking for some of that gap lemon perfume, maybe you can find some. Yeah.
3: Lemon.
4: <laughs> oh, I think I made that up, but I'm you know sure what I'm I really saying? Found a bottle of that now. It smells so <laughs> rank. <laughs>
3: <Yeah>. <laughs> well, we're gonna take a quick commercial break, but we'll be right back with our friend Emily Heller
2: of spills and stains on your sofa wash away your worries with anabay anabay the only sofa that's machine washable inside and out where designer quality meets budget-friendly prices that's right sofas from only six hundred thirty nine dollars anabay brings you a no-risk experience with pet friendly stain resistant and changeable slip covers made with performance fabric cloud-like comfort with high resilience foam and hypoallergenic featherless down that needs no fluffing Offers are subject to change and certain restrictions may apply.
0: 2025 QX80 coming this summer.
3: And we're back. Well, guess what? I know you probably thought, hmm, I'm done talking about 90s fashion, but you'd be wrong. (laughs) Because. (laughs) Thank God. Get ready, Emily. Now we're going to play a game that we like to play called Yes Nostalgia. We generally bring up nostalgic products, shows, etc. that are making a comeback. And if we're into them. We can each give them a yes, nostalgia. Yes, nostalgia. And if you're not, give them a no, nostalgia. <laughs> no, no,
2: no, 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 nostalgia. Now,
3: okay. this is a special edition of Yes Nostalgia '90s Fashion Edition of '90s fashion trends that are coming back. Okay. So we're going to go through three of these, and we can each say whether it's a yes, nostalgia for us or a no, nostalgia. Okay. Okay, this first one is one that I read about. And since I read about it, I've, in the last like 24 hours, I've seen it multiple times, is vests as tops. Oh. Okay, so this is something, the vest in the 90s was often worn as a piece by itself rather than belonging to a suit, sometimes with a denim skirt, sometimes, you know, not. It would, But a vest as a shirt. What do you think, Emily? <laughs> Oh, Jonah shared a file.
4: Jonah shared a file. Yeah. And that, I mean, it looks really good on Drew Barrymore.
3: Yeah, we have a 90s See, photo of her.
4: now I feel she's got a fanny pack that says fuck all over it. That's <laughs> yeah, it's so cool. cool. It's so cool. God, she's so cool. Now yeah. I think it can work, but that can't work on me. Yeah. That cannot yeah. work on me, but I'm willing to try. I'm going to say yes, Stalja.
3: Okay. Okay. Jonah, how are you feeling about this? This was a thing that I think a lot of men took on too. I feel like with a pair of jeans and then they'd sure, like be able to kind sure. of show off their muscly arms in the 90s. Yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah. I, I never, I don't think I've really been a big vest guy, believe it or not. I'm mm-hmm. going to go with no on this. This one is, is tough for me. Yeah, I, wearing a vest is a shirt. I just, I, I feel like it's the kind of thing I would like put it on and I look in the mirror and be like, I cannot go outside like this. Yeah. Yeah, I hear you. I hear you. I think it would personally. look cool
3: on you, Jonah, but
1: okay. Vanessa, what are your thoughts on vest is shirt?
3: It's so funny because until this moment, I didn't put together that I have done this recently. <laughs> I did a little commercial spot for Tag Heuer watches with a guy named Ryan Gosling. Some of you may have heard of him. Uh, but we went to the, <laughs> yep. Okay, you can look, look at my social media. You mean media. the guy
4: from Breaker High? <laughs> Emily! Did you ever watch Breaker High? <laughs>
3: you know, I don't. That I did. This that should that's a whole. That's it was next- a show.
4: It was a show about a boarding school on a cruise ship, and I watched it every day after school. And I late, recently found out there were only thirteen episodes of it, and I don't know oh my why God. I watched it every if there gonna only thirteen the,
3: episodes. I'm going to watch the Abercrombie and Fitch documentary, and then I'm going to watch all thirteen and then, episodes. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> but anyways, there was a premiere for this commercial, believe it or not, in London. They sort of considered it a short film because they made like a five and a half minute version of it. Anyway. My outfit was by this brand, this is probably my favorite brand Tibby. They styled me and they gave I wore a three-piece suit and I'm oh, realizing nice. because I wanted to show off the watch. I took my jacket off and I was mostly just wearing the vest with the pants. So to be fair, I was wearing it as part of a three- piece suit, but I was but I have to say wearing the vest as a shirt, which is what I did for most of the night. I felt cool like I felt like yeah, I guess I'm a lady who wears a vest as a shirt now and I'm I didn't even think about it in this way mm-hmm. But so I this is a nostalgia for me as someone who's without even really realizing it has engaged in this trend Yeah, wow, you guys got a lot of extra brags out of that
4: <laughs> I, The thing about fashion is the most important part of it is confidence <laughs> I think you can wear anything and look good as long as you feel confident That's right. in it. That's right. And you just choose to feel confident. And I think maybe that is part of it for you is you have to talk yourself up about it.
3: That's right. I needed to talk myself into yeah. the right headspace. Now, this next one is slip dresses. Oh. Slip dresses. There's something about this article says about the slinky bias cut that feels so right now. Kate Moss would wear these a lot in the nineties and people slip dresses are coming back now. What do you think about what do you think about this, Emily?
4: This feels like the opposite of the vest thing because the vest is a very structured garment. Yes. It's very like it looks good on everyone because it's just like really like a well constructed thing. And slip dresses are just like an amplifier for like every curve of your Yes. Like if their whole thing is like, they look great on Kate Moss, I'm just like, I have no, <laughs>
5: yeah, no interest yeah, in wearing this that.
4: I'm like, different that body not to my life, me. you know? Yeah. <laughs> I don't see getting back into those.
3: Yeah. Now, the one thing I will say to you is that I thought that this article would maybe expand to this that I am into is, do you remember how there was a trend to wear like a black Dress with spaghetti straps over a white t-shirt. Oh yes, this is one of my. Into that, I was into that. So I don't know that those. I think that's actually not what this is. (laughs)
5: No, I
3: think that's not the black dress over it has spaghetti straps, but it's not a slip dress. It's more of a like. For me, like the one that I would wear to bar and bat mitzvahs, was more of a like a line dress. But slip dresses, yeah, I feel torn on this. I think they look really cool, but I'm with you. I have a body very different than Kate Moss, and this is really something that is more for that kind of a figure. So yeah. I'm 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 gonna give it a nostalgia as well, Jonah. What about you?
1: <laughs> yeah, I don't <laughs> believe it or not. I don't have real strong feelings on this. Sure. <laughs> <laughs>
4: Do you remember seeing people wearing it and like
1: what went through your mind? To be honest, not really. I I feel like I probably wouldn't even notice. I it's So it's like, it's sort of like wearing a nightgown basically or something. It's sort of like a night Yeah, it's sort of. Yeah, I don't really remember this trend, I guess.
3: Okay. Yeah. Actually, there was this designer, Vivian Tam. God, if she's listening, maybe she'll do it. In the 90s, I remember always wanting a Vivian Tam slip dress because hers were a little more body conscious. They were like... Had a bunch of, like, beading on them, and then they had, like, a sheer dress, kind of, that was offered more coverage, like, over them.
4: Oh. There was a thing when I was in college where it was, like, everyone was wearing, like, thrift store slip dresses over their jeans. Oh, okay. Yes, I kind of
3: remember this.
4: Yeah. Yeah. And that I was, like, maybe into at the time, even though it's, like, wearing such a, like, silky thing over, like, the fly of your jeans, just looking like this weird, like, bumpy caterpillar under your clothes. Better
3: (laughs) in theory than in practice. Yeah, Always, it was one of those trends that's, like, tough to, yeah, yeah, pull off.
4: You gotta be real good at it.
3: Gotta be real good at it. Okay, so this is mostly, we're leaning towards nostalgia on this one now. This final one, I'm curious, Bucket Hats are making a comeback.
4: I have strong feelings about this.
3: Okay, okay. This trend might have started with a grunge music scene. The likes of girl group All Saints and Naomi Campbell were seen promoting this look too. Most recently, Justin Bieber tried to bring it back again. Opinions are split, according to this article. And what is yours, Emily?
4: Strong anti, strong nostalgia for this. I like, I hate bucket hats. I don't know. I just, I'll just never love them. Okay. I'll never love them. I had one when I was a kid and I feel like it betrayed me because I looked so bad in it. Do you know what
3: it is specifically about them that you hate just, that you just hate this shape?
4: I don't, yeah, I think I just hate the shape. It just feels like a collective sort of like delusion that we're all engaging in that that's (laughs) like what it's not serving like a sun blocking function and it's I don't know what it's doing you know like it just doesn't I also have like a really big head and like a lot of hair so for me it just feels like it's it would just be like making my head kind of like into sort of like an eraser tip like it's just it's never gonna like be like a slouchy cool thing on me it's just always gonna look like a weird Nub. Right, right. I hear you. I hear you. I don't know. But I also I it's one of those things where I'm like, I know I'm wrong. I know I'm no, probably wrong. I like if think, everyone I think, says
3: it's cool, it's probably no, cool. This says even this article says opinions are split.
4: <laughs> and I am on the other side. Yeah.
3: I think that's very reasonable. Now I will say that about a year or so ago, I bought a bucket hat because I wear hats so much because I'm insane about Sun, the sun, like not getting any sun. Mm-hmm. And I bought it. And to your point, like I bought it as sort of a sun protective thing. And it's not really quite a big enough brim to protect from the sun in the way that I want to. And I have, there would be times when I would throw it on and I would go out and do stuff for the day. And then I would come home and I would look in the mirror and go, oh, I look like an insane person. Like they, <laughs> it's really hard. I rarely, if ever, at least personally, been able to pull it off in a way where it looks like, oh, what a cool look.
4: Yeah, it's like you think that you're going to be LL Cool J. Right, Yeah, right. but you're not. You don't look like LL Cool J when you wear it. And you look like, I mean, and the irony is like, you look like an old lady gardening. And I wear a yeah. lot of things that old ladies who garden wear because I'm Same. a gardener now. And so I'm just like... I'm that should be a point in its favor to me but for some reason it's just it's I have such a strong aversion to it.
3: Yeah, I I hear you and and as someone who doesn't have that aversion I think I probably should because again <laughs> every time I wear a bucket hat out, I just look. Yeah, it's also really hard to get one that like actually fits your head. So you sort of like, even though I have a pretty small head, it still feels like it doesn't quite land, and so it's sort of like this thing that's like floating above my head and just making. Does it like
4: obstruct your view?
3: Yeah, it kind of does. And then if you fold it up, you look like even more of a moron. Like <laughs> then you look, then you, you look, look like crazy. Blossom. Although we have a photo here of who we love, uh-huh. but you have a photo here of. Naomi Campbell and hers is completely folded up in a way that looks cool but then it's also like that's no sun protection and also hers is probably a really nice one that
1: she took that hat off probably five seconds after this photo was taken. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I mean come on.
3: Jonah what is your take on this? So
1: my take I don't know why this is a very weird thing for me to ask but the term bucket list did people use that term before that Jack Nicholson movie came out or was it No. That, no. Right? Yeah.
4: The bucket list is like that. They coined it. It's like on a short list of things like sliding doors was also like oh. a phrase that was invented by that movie that now we wow. use in other situations. Yeah. It's pretty
3: impressive, Emily, that you had that knowledge at the yes. ready.
1: Yeah.
4: <laughs> I don't know why I was like looking that. I I think it was because I like was looking up the sliding doors thing and that was like... Okay. I, that's how I learned. Yeah, because the... I was
1: just thinking about bucket hats and those thinking about bucket lists. And then I was thinking about how I just recently watched the film with Jack Nicholson, *Anger Management*. Oh, mm. I've been on. A, I sort of. <laughs> been on, I've been on a run of watching early two thousands Adam Sandler movies. Great. And uh, mm. this could be a whole other podcast, but uh, but yeah, I was thinking about yeah, I don't just don't really like the word bucket. I think like I think it would be yeah. hard for me to like walk into a store and be like, "Excuse me, can you show me where the bucket hats are? I think that would be tough, yeah. tough no It just
4: feels like it's lacking in self-respect to yes. be like, I'm going to wear a bucket. <laughs> yeah. Well, Jonah,
3: name aside, <laughs> let's say it had a different name.
1: Well, like, you know, like the hats I like now, like I like it when bands make like dad hats. Like not my favorite, like, I don't like being like, do you have dad hats? But I'm like, okay, it's whatever. It's fine. And da- like,
3: dad hats are like baseball hats, but they're a They're baseball a hats, but they're bigger? like fitted
1: a little, they're like less sporty kind of. Like to me, they feel less like collegiate. They're kind of more- they're bigger? I don't know the exact difference but Did they do just... dad
4: hats look more like trucker hats
1: No, they don't look like trucker hats
4: is the brim more like is it like pre-curved? yeah, okay. it's
1: like pre curved it's kind of like it's like kind of like lower profile a little bit They're just I think yeah. they just look better on It's my like head. some
4: of your hats that are like
3: light blue kind of like little they're
1: basically any hat I own
3: okay. and for lack of a better word they look a little bit more elegant than a baseball hat. <laughs>
1: It's similar. It's
3: similar. It's sort but, of like
4: uh, a baseball hat you could wear to the opera. Yes. Yes.
1: <laughs> it's like a baseball hat you could wear to the opera. So I like those hats. I, I don't love the name, but I like the name better than Bucket Hat. We have a bucket hat here. Uh, I've worn it. It's fine. But yeah, Did I'm probably... It with your
4: apartment? <laughs> you know, no, I, th- about I think it? it's
1: my wife's. It's my wife's hat. It's a tie-dye bucket hat. I've worn it. And, okay. you know, it's it's a...
4: How do you feel walking around in that?
3: in a tie-dye bucket hat. That's like taking a bucket hat to the next level.
4: That's like such a confident
1: move. (laughs) I wore this like three years ago I underwent chemotherapy and for some reason when I did chemo I was wearing this casual This green tie-dye bucket hat and it was like my like hat. So it's I don't know why I was wearing this hat, but I've like associated with that. As someone so... who's also yeah.
3: undergone chemotherapy, that's like the most chemotherapy thing to wear because <laughs> it's so like, it's so like, yeah, I'm getting medicine, but I'm also having fun, <laughs> which is like, <laughs> and I <feel> like people. <laughs> and again, I say this as someone who's
4: gotten it yeah. as a gene, But <laughs> It feels like something you would get as like a present for someone undergoing chemotherapy that's that right. they open it and you immediately are like, I'm sorry, that was the wrong thing, wasn't it? <laughs> <laughs>
3: Everyone listening should know that Jonah's doing great. I'm
1: doing, I'm doing good. But I'm except, glad to hear it. Does
0: it feel lucky a, now?
1: Yeah,
4: so like, it feels kind of feel lucky like now. Like you owe the hat something? Maybe, yeah. maybe.
1: So maybe I shouldn't be so critical of bucket hats. So you know what? I'm, you're right. I'm gonna come around. I'm, I'm gonna say I'm for bucket hats. They can, yeah, inject a little fun into a tough situation, sure. and they might not offer great <laughs> sun protection, but wear it indoors so yeah, yeah you don't yeah you're, not, you're inside for chemo right <laughs>
3: yeah okay I'm gonna give it a yes then too because I think it provides a lot of fun you a... <laughs> know
4: it's well, a fun hat like you, you played the cancer card and now you yeah, look like an I'm asshole I know I didn't
1: really mean to but it's, it's so weird because I never really wore that hat before or after so it's just what I associate with bucket hats
4: yeah Right. Interesting. If you like put it on, would it like trigger some sort of like sense memory? I
1: don't know. It's possible. I don't know. Yeah. Who knows? Never find out.
3: (laughs) 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 Well, it seems like of these three, the bucket hats seem to have done well. The vest didn't do great. It's kind of a tie, I think. The slip dress. Yeah. But the vest and the bucket hat. Yeah. Is that what you're
4: thinking? Yeah. I mean, they, they each got two votes, I think.
3: Yeah. There's so many other trends. You can look it up. Sheer fabrics are coming back. Velvet's coming back. There's so many. It was hard to pick. And I think some of those other ones, especially velvet, might have done a little better here. But, you know, that's for another day. <laughs> and speaking of another day, Emily, this was so much fun. Where can oh people gosh. find you today and any other day?
4: <laughs> I'm at Mr. Emily Heller on most social media things, and I'm on strike, baby. Yes, come on <laughs> Yeah, I'm not. I'm not promoting anything. You can watch my entire stand-up special on YouTube for free if you want. Whoa, it's called that's great. Ice thickeners. That's a, you can find me there. Great, great. Love that. I'm well, wearing a mod cloth dress, which I feel like is adult Delia's.
3: Ooh! that Oh, by the way, I, I want to say this before we sign off. You know, Delia's went out of business sort of in 2014. However, another company revived them called Dolls Kill. They wanted oh. to resurrect Delia's and they began licensing the brand back in 2018 and continued to release 90s inspired clothing under the name Delia's by Dolls Kill. I will say, I looked at their stuff and it's sort of like... It doesn't quite have the charm of adelia's here's
4: what's missing. I'm looking at their site now. The problem yeah. is the models are standing in normal positions, yeah, and for the Delias catalog, they always had like their legs out in a weird way, and like they were always like kind of splayed or just standing yeah. really awkward. I actually had a friend in high school who was a model, and she had been in the Delia's catalog <gasps> and they had her like leaning her. Cheek on a pencil, (laughs)
3: yeah. That's the kind of thing we have come to expect from Delia's, and yeah, yeah. The clothes to me, they seem like it's like they're trying a little hard to be like Delia's, but they're not quite,
4: it doesn't feel like they've got it, yeah,
3: yeah. But if anyone wants to look it up, Delia's by Dolls Kill, it exists.
4: I mean, I'm I might buy something, I know, I think I might too.
3: (laughs) I'm gonna watch the Abercrombie and Fitch documentary. Watch all 13 episodes of... Breaker High. Breaker High. And then go on the Delius by Dolls (laughs) Kill site and buy hopefully some platform Mary Janes. Yeah. Well, that was really fun. I have to say, Emily, thank you so much.
4: Thank you so much for having me. For joining
3: us. This was a blast. Thank you for everyone for listening. If you enjoyed the podcast, please keep an eye out for next week's episode of How Did We Get Weird. We will discuss more stories from our childhood and other cultural touchstones Delia's catalog and honestly, 90s fashion in general.